0: It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message.
1: So our mission statement is exalt God and and equip the people of God. Exalt God and equip the people of God. So if you have a hard time remembering that, just, just keep saying exalt and equip, exalt and equip, okay? So that's what our mission statement is. That means that every time we gather, every time we go out to the community, we want to exalt God and we want to equip the people of God. Then we've been talking about our our vision statement. Our vision statement just simply being what our church stands for and what we want to see God do through us in the future. And this is how I remember our vision statement. During the pandemic, you guys know what CDC is, right? So C standing for communicate the word of God. D is demonstrate the love of God. And then today I'll be preaching on celebrate the presence of God. And then E, last week Pastor Linson was talking about educate the people of God. Okay, so everyone now will... Go home, do some homework, and come back and remember our mission and vision statement. Yes? Awesome. This is what Josh does to us every Sunday. He makes us do jumping jacks and say our mission and vision statement. So if he could do that, we can also do it too. So today I'll be preaching on celebrating the presence of God. As a worship leader, this is something that I love to do. You know, when I first got introduced to worship, when I first got introduced to what God wanted to do in my life, it's always by celebrating what God has done through my life throughout the week throughout uh, the challenges in life because I have no, there's no reason for me not to celebrate what God has done in my life. So the sermon on my title was supposed to be, no one likes a stinky attitude. You know, let's be honest, no one likes someone who has bad breath or who has bad odor. (laughs) And if you think that person is standing six feet away from you, it's not because it's a pandemic, because you have something that they don't want to be around. But I decided that that doesn't really translate that well in Malayalam. I feel bad for Samson because he has to translate that for me next next service. So I decided the, the title of my message today is a posture of our celebration, the posture of our celebration. And the reason why I named it posture is because the word posture simply means... to to think of new ideas, to change certain things so it will help us for our future. To change certain ways that we look at life so it will help us for the future. Why do you think in medical fields people fix people's posture, right? Because maybe they're not standing right or they might be walking in a way that is affecting their future. So what like PTs and, and they do is they fix their posture so that all these health benefits they'll be better for the future. So today I feel like the Lord is wanting to tell us that we are doing certain things, whether it be good or bad, that he wants to fix about us. And he wants to help us for the future. And as a community, I feel like we have so many reasons to celebrate. Amen? We have so many reasons to celebrate. God has brought us this far during the pandemic. You guys remember we were in the the winter storm. I call it the uh, snowmageddon. We, We were in a hard time. But look at our sanctuary now. Look how faithful God has been. I did not imagine this is what our church will look like when I saw the carpets ripped out, when I saw the stage completely demolished. I didn't imagine this. But every time I walk through this door every Sunday or every time I come to to church to work here, I just come into this door and I say, God, you are faithful. You have provided thus far and you will do it again. So can we be honest with ourselves? Every time we come into this place, let's remember what God has done. Let's remember what God has done to our lives and what he will continue to do. Not only that, can you guys do me a favor right now? Can we celebrate our pastors? Because they've been serving here at Metro for 14 years. 14 years of faithfulness. 14 years. That's amazing. Sometimes I complain about two years, but they've been doing this for 14 years. So amazing. See, there's so many reasons, guys, that we we can celebrate the presence of God. And so as a community, I started to ask this question of, When did we stop neglecting the joy of celebration? You know, because our joy is contagious, right? And our joy is what brings people through the door. And if your joy is not contagious, if you come into this place with like a stinky attitude, right? if you come with a bad attitude, no one wants to join in the celebration, right? Everyone wants to see where the exit door is. They want to get out as fast as they can. But if you come into this place with the joy of celebration, more people want to be welcomed in. And as a church, our job is to make sure we get more people through the door, not because it's about the numbers, because there's some salvation, there's some, there's some lives that need to be changed in our community. So today, if you, want to, if you want to celebrate all that God has done, let other people see your joy too. You know, let's not walk into this place with our, I always think of this, and I'm not ta- just talking about our church. I've been to a lot of services where church services have become almost like memorial services, right? Where like... Uh, sometimes we it, it's always monotonous and mechanical, right? We make it a routine. We make it seem like we come here and we just do the same thing every single time, you know? And I, I always see this uh, posture of us, right? People who are not in, in the mode of worship, their hands are usually like this. And once in a while, if the song is good, you might get this. And then once, if pastor's message is really hitting that day, people will raise their hands right here, you know? But most of the time, we come to this place because We've, if you're not re- responding in the way that God has changed your life, that's how your posture is also going to be. Am I right? And Pastor used to always say this about our church. He used to always say that, that our posture usually changes when we're at sports games, when we're at, when we're at uh, graduations, or when we're at celebrations and weddings. Our posture is completely different. But for some reason, when we come into the presence of the Lord, we are stagnant. We are frigid. We are still. And this is not to blame anyone in here in our church. I'm not saying that, that you guys are doing anything wrong, but I'm like, doesn't the presence of the Lord not excite you? Doesn't, doesn't the presence of the Lord want you to do something that you don't normally do inside your body? You know, like anytime I get the opportunity to lead worship here on stage, it, it, I, I don't know if worship leaders can relate to this, but it's like when the spirit of the Lord falls upon you, you just do things that you can't even explain. You know, that's exactly how David in the Old Testament said that he, 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 he was unashamed in the presence of the Lord. The reason why he was unashamed is because he, he was not afraid that the Lord will look at him in a certain way. See, we are worried about how people look at our worship. We're worried how our celebration will look to our neighbor, the person that's around us. But if you're in the presence of the Lord, you're unashamed. It doesn't matter how high you raise your hands. It doesn't matter if you go to your knees and you worship the Lord because you know the Lord is doing something inside of your hearts. So let's be a little bit more of a posture of worship this morning, more of a posture of celebration. Even our culture itself, we have such a big posture of like our culture is a celebration culture. We love food. We love celebrations. We love vibrant colors, all these things. But for some reason, we have taken that celebration out of our churches We have it. we've gotten away from what the Lord was doing through our people, and and we almost forgotten that part of who we were. And that's why I love our culture the most, and I see other cultures worshiping in this way, dancing, rejoicing, singing out loud. But then when it comes to us, we had to come back to that place. You know why? It's because the enemy stole the joy of celebration away from us. I'm not saying that we need to come into the presence of the Lord and celebrate the way that the world has celebrated. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is that we need to take back the joy of celebration that the enemy has stolen from us. Because he has taken it for too long and he has given it to the world. But the Lord wants to restore our joy of celebration this morning. Amen. I want to quickly share a story with you guys. And (laughs) Growing up, we used to sing this song, I Can Sing of Your Love Forever. You guys know that song? So I asked the team if they could put the lyrics up. Angela, if you can put it up for me. So the verse of the song would go like this. Over the mountains and the seas, your river runs with love for me. Uh, so that's the first part. And I will open my heart and let the healer set me free. So the, the, the chorus goes like this. I can sing of your love forever. I can sing of your love forever. And then so we would get to the bridge of the song. Yeah, Angela, if you can stay right at the bridge for me. Okay, so we would get to this song when I would lead worship growing up. And the song, the song went like this. Oh, I feel like dancing. It's foolishness, I know. But when the world has seen the light, they will dance with joy like they're dancing now." Really strong words. But I was leading worship one Sunday at our, my old church, not here at Metro, and an uncle comes up to me one day, and he tells me this. He's like, Mone, please don't sing that part of the song. <laughs> He's like, we don't do this here. And I promise you guys, after that Sunday, every time I sang I Could Sing Every Love, I would never sing that part of the song. <laughs> I would never sing it, even till this day. I have the hesitation of singing that song. And I had to ask myself, why do I fear singing that song, right? We talked about David. He was unashamed in the presence of the Lord. So why? When someone was telling me, oh, I feel like dancing is foolishness, I know. And I got foolish in that moment, thinking that, man, what God has done in my life, I need to express it. It needs to come out of me. And it might come out in forms of dancing. It might come out in forms of lifting my hands in worship. But I shouldn't be afraid of what the Lord has done in my life. Amen? So today, can we be better in the posture of our worship? Can we be better as we celebrate what the Lord has done in our life? So why is celebration so important to us? The reason why celebration, I'm going to keep it simple today. The reason why celebration is important to us is because it's important to God. It's important to God. Why? Because if you look all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, the main motif of God throughout Scripture is forms of celebration. And if you don't believe me, if you read your Old Testament and you study, there's festivals, there's feasts, there's gatherings. People are together breaking bread. And these are all forms of celebration throughout Scripture. right? And, and, and the reason why celebration was so important to God is because God dwelled in the midst of their celebration. God was in the presence. God was welcomed in. into those places of celebration. That's why God loves celebration when his people celebrate his presence. And if you even look at the Old Testament, we're going to get into some scripture this morning, but if you look at the Old Testament, God gives specific instructions to Moses to keep the commands of celebration throughout generations. This is actually a, a direct order that God gives Moses to keep celebrations throughout generations. And if you guys look throughout scripture, there is three main types of celebrations that happen in the Old Testament. And I'm going to go through those today. And these are the three festivals that God uh, commands Moses to keep throughout the generations. So today, if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Exodus 12, 14. So it goes like this. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. Listen to this. This is a law for all times. All right, so you guys can stay there. Now we're going to go to Second Chronicles 8, 13. We're going to be skipping around a little bit. And here's what Scripture says. It says, according to the daily requirement for offerings commanded by Moses for Sabbath, the new moons and the three annual festivals, the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. So I want you guys to remember those three festivals. Now, in Deuteronomy 16, 16, it says this. Three times a year, all men must appear before the Lord, your God, at the place he will choose, at the festivals of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, the festival of tabernacle, and no one should appear to the Lord empty-handed. So these are the three festivals that are throughout Scripture, okay? And I'm going to explain a little bit about these, these, um, these festivals to you guys. And so the three festivals that are happening in Scripture is, number one is the festival of unleavened bread. We know this as Passover uh, in Scripture. And then the next festival is the festival of weeks, what we call as Pentecost. Yeah. And then the last one everyone knows as the festival of tabernacle. These three festivals, matter of fact, are the, the three pl- pilgrimage festivals that the Jewish community still has to upkeep till this day. That means that f- throughout the whole year, three times out of the day of the year, their, their community practices these festivals. But these festivals, rather than it being just a ritual, have some type of significance for our community as well. And that's what I'm going to be explaining to us this morning. So let's talk a little bit about the festival of unleavened bread, also known as uh, Passover. What I call this is celebrating the presence of God by remembering how the Lord has saved us, remembering the presence of God by how he has saved us. When we come into the presence of the Lord, we have to reflect on how the, how the God has saved us and how God has delivered us. Now, for the, for the Israelite community and for the Jewish community, what they would do, what this festival would be was People will gather together around the table. They will make the best food. They would have all types of food, and they would spread it on the table. Generations will come together, and they would talk about their salvation story. So there's a picture. If Angela, if you can bring that up. Yeah, this is how it looks, if you guys can see. And you see in this picture, they're reading scripture. They're reading, like, stories about how God has delivered them, and there's food around the table. For them, it's so important because the, the festival of Passover was si- significant because this is how God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. This is a story of their salvation, how God brought them from slavery into freedom, in, out of bondage into walking into freedom. This is their story of their salvation. So for their generations, what they would do is the older generation will bring the younger generation to the table and tell them about their salvation story. So anytime you gather in the presence of the Lord, our objective is to remember that the Lord has saved us. You had to go back to those times in your life where, where, do you remember how it was before we even knew the Lord? Because those are the moments that we would appreciate when we're in the presence of the Lord. And these are the stories, and I say this every time, that we had to pass these stories down to the next generation because this is for them to remember as well. Amen? So when you're in the presence of the Lord, your objective is to remember how the Lord has saved you. Now, Let's fast forward to the New Testament, the, the festival of Passover. This is when Jesus was with his disciples before he was about to be taken to the cross, right? This is the reason why we take communion because what does scripture say? That when you, when you take this cup, do this in my remembrance. When you eat this bread, do this in my remembrance. Why? Because Jesus was about to go to the cross and he's about to, he's about to save humanity from destruction. And we have the privilege of walking in that, in that salvation. We have the privilege of remembering every time we're in the presence of the Lord that, the, that God brought his son to this earth to save us. So if you ever doubt why you're in the presence of the Lord and you're worshiping, always remember what he has done on the cross for our behalf. Amen. So that's number one, celebrating the presence of God because it's an act of remembrance of how the Lord has saved us. The next festival being the festival of Pentecost. This has a big significance for our people because we are Pentecostals. But the reason why Pentecost was important back in the, in the scriptures was because celebrating the presence of God honors God's mighty abundance. God's mighty abundance. Now, I'm going to explain to you a little bit about what the festival of Pentecost was. It's not just the upper room experience. But what Pentecost was was a, was a celebration, number one, about how the Torah was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Okay? So that's God's revelation being poured out to his people. That's number one. But also because what the Festival of Feast, why it's called the Festival of Feast, because when the first of every harvest would come, people would gather around in the city and they would give all their fruits and their their mango achar and they'll give all these things to their people because of the first fruits of what they have received. And you will see the vibrance of the community come together. People of all backgrounds, people of different communities, different ethnic groups come together in the city because they're celebrating the day of Pentecost. Now, let's fast forward to the New Testament. We know that in the New Testament, the day of Pentecost was when the, when the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room. We know that experience because that's what we build. Uh, that's why we are Pentecostals, because the Holy Spirit moved in that place. But we got to remember that Pentecost was not just that upper room experience. People had already gathered into the city because of the festival. People were already there. It says it in Acts 2. People were already, already in the city. The reason why they were astonished by what happened in the upper room was because all these people, the multitude, was already gathered in the city because of this festival. So what's important by by what I'm saying is because the celebration is the invitation. The celebration is what brings people into the place, into the space. And the Holy Spirit is the encounter. Sometimes we we remove the invitation and we only focus on the encounter. Right? We we want our coworker to be changed, but we forget about the invitation part of it. We pray for our friends and we pray for deliverance for people around us, but we forget that it's a celebration and the invitation that brings them into the presence of the Lord to be transformed. So today, if you're asking the question about why is God not moving in my heart, why why I'm praying for certain things and I don't see deliverance, it's because God's asking you, are you truly celebrating his presence? Are you welcoming him, him in into your presence? Because it's an honor for us to have him be in our presence, Right? It's an honor for Jesus to enter into our midst because he's able to do some things in our life because he's in our presence, right? His presence is dwelling among us. So for us, we have to keep in mind that when we invite the presence of, God, of the Lord in our place, that it has to start with our celebration. It has to start with our, our welcoming of who he is in our life, amen? So the last, um, last one that I have today is the Festival of, Pas- uh, the Festival of Tabernacles, So what this festival is, I'll keep it simple because of time. What The the festival of tabernacles is is people would set up tents um, to remember when the Lord brought them out of Egypt into the land of Cana, the promised land. Why? Because back in those days, they would set up tents, and that's where they would live. And you guys remember in the Old Testament where God was a provider God. His provision was upon their life. He would give them a pillar of cloud by day and a a pillar of fire by night. So God was a provider God. So what the Jewish community would do is, for a week, they would set, set up tents, and they would live in those tents for a week. They would, have, uh, they would have bread. They would have feast inside the tents. And the reason why they do, did that was to, to remember of how God provided in their life. Could you imagine many of us going and living in tents for a week? I can already hear people say, oh, I don't have AC, I don't have Wi-Fi, my internet's not working, the food doesn't taste good. But you got to remember all those things that you were given was not given by our merits and our strengths, but was given by God. That's why our posture of gratitude and our posture of thanksgiving changes when we're in the presence of the Lord, because we remember that he is the one that has given us everything. So next time you're in the presence of the Lord and you try, to, you try to think about why I have these certain things, it's not because of our jobs, it's not about our successes, it's not anything that we do, but it's all by the power of the Holy Spirit and by God. Amen. So we have to have a posture of gratitude and a posture of thanksgiving. In Psalms it says, I will enter his courts with praise and his, and his gates with thanksgiving. Amen. So when you are in the presence of the Lord, could you come into this place with the posture that enters with thanksgiving and with praise? Don't come into this place with thinking about your misery. Don't come into this place complaining to God. Don't come into this place being angry at God. You have the whole week to do that. But when you're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, welcome him in. Make him feel welcomed. He is a pristine guest. We're honoring his entrance into this place. Now the reason why celebration is so important to us, church, is because there are people in our community who are lost and by the transformation of the Holy Spirit, can be found, right? When you think about a celebration, if a celebration was happening in your city or in your town, you would hear the sounds. You would hear the celebration. You'll hear something, and you'll be like, oh, that that sounds like a place I want to go to. When we celebrate the presence of God here in Farmers Branch, Texas, everyone around us should hear what's going on in this place. Everyone should know that God is moving in our midst, right? In scripture, it says that even in heaven, heaven rejoices when a lost soul is found even in heaven if you turn with me to the book of Luke 15 I won't go through this because of time but but Jesus talks about three parables he talks about the parable of the sheep he talks about the parable of the the lost coin and then he also talks about the parable of the uh, of the son the prodigal son and every time in scripture this is what it always says says, then he calls his friends and neighbors together and say, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep, and as well to share in the celebration, rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. And then the, the story about the lost coin, here's what it says. She calls her friends and neighbors and together they say, rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin, as well share in my celebration, rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. And we all know the story about the prodigal son. When the prodigal son comes home, remember what the father did for the prodigal son? What did he do? He gave him a celebration. He gave him a feast. He gave him a a time to remember that he was God's chosen son, that he, he has a rightful heir as a son in the house. And this is what scripture says, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. So let's begin to celebrate. Let's begin to celebrate, church. Come on, let, let let God bring out some things out of you. Come on, let the Holy Spirit bring out some things out of you. Can we say that we are we, we gotta do things a little bit different than we do normally? We gotta raise our hands a little bit higher. We gotta sing a little bit louder. Like, aren't you tired of doing the same things every Sunday? Because sometimes I do. I do get tired of doing the same things every Sunday because I know God is moving in my life throughout the week. So this should be an outward expression of what God is doing in my life. And let people hear our praises. Let people hear our singing. Let this city, let people all around us hear what God is doing here in our church. Let them know that when they come into the presence of God that they'll be changed. That, that, that our salvation stories are going to help them be transformed, right? That, that the way that we talk to them and the way that we greet them is going to make them feel welcome. This is their home as well. And I believe that the Lord is going to start doing that through every single one of us. Because, you know, church, uh, let, me, let me share something with you. I feel like we're not just here in this church just to come every Sunday. Our church has a heart of evangelism, right? That's why we do missions that's why we do all these things. And I don't think we come in here because it's just every Sunday, you know, we're, we want something just for us. But I believe we come here on Sundays because God wants to outpour and do something for our community. And that outpour starts with every single one of you here in this church. And if you don't believe that God has been outpouring your life, reflect and look back how far God has brought you. You know why God gives you mountaintop experiences? is not to look where, not only look where you're going, but to look back at from where you came from. And to look at and say, wow, God, you brought me this far. And then God's gonna start unlocking some things for you and your family, and for this church for the future. That's why our posture of celebration has to be a little bit different. Has to be a little bit different when we're in the presence of the Lord. I remember a uh, pastor would always give a, um, a, a theme for every year. And we talked about rebuilding. We talked about restoring. And then we talked about revival. But I believe that now we're walking to a, a state of celebration for us. Why? What can we complain about? Nothing. God has been faithful in our community, right? So let's stand and let's, let's celebrate the presence of God for what he has done in this place. And I believe that God is going to do something for you. You guys can stand as we're about to go into worship. I want you guys to open up your hearts. I want you guys to open up your minds to what God is going to do in this place and what he's going to do in every single one of our lives. God, you are the God of this community, Lord. You have a story to tell through our church, Lord God, and we are going to stay faithful to who you are. God, you are you're moving in this place, Lord God. Many people don't understand what my job here at this church is, you know. They ask me, like, uh, you're the creative pastor, you know, and no one really understands that, especially in my community. They think I just make graphics on Sunday. (laughs) But what my job here is, and I just want to educate the church a little bit, and if you don't know, Moses is actually the first creative pastor in Scripture because God unlocks certain uh, instructions for him to how to set up the tabernacle. He told him that I want these certain stones. I want these certain gems. I want this fragrance in the presence of the Lord. Why? Because when I come into your midst, I want to feel welcomed here. Right? That's how Lord feels comfortable being here in our presence, right? So as my job as a creative pastor is to welcome people into our community. And whether that be through art, whether it be through new songs that we sing, whether it be through the videos that we play here at our church. We're about to watch a testimony of Pastor AJ Chaco. The reason why we do these videos is not to look cool, but the reason why we do it is because through those testimonies and those stories, people who are watching online, people who are connected through our church in other ways will want to have that same salvation story here in our church. Why do we do these things? Why do we do these things, church? Because there's still lost souls that need to be found. There's still people that need to hear about the gospel and how God has transformed their lives, and we are the ambassadors of that change, amen? So in this place, I'm going to... I want to do a prayer over you guys as the worship team is about to go into this place. I want your worship to be a little bit different today. I want your hands to be raised a little bit higher today. I want you to come to the presence of the Lord and remember how he has saved you. I want you to come to the presence of the Lord and Lord that you are abundant and you will do things that are exceedingly more than we can imagine or ever think of Lord God. That you have done things in our lives and our families Lord that we can complain but we're not going to complain. We're going to celebrate the presence of God for what you have done in this place. Lord God, we open up our hearts. We open up our minds. We open everything that you have to do for us, God, in our lives, Lord. You are faithful and you will do it again. You will do it again, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name. Can we celebrate the presence of the Lord as we go back to the presence of God?
0: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.